catchphrase. Wait, we got to start by saying welcome to Dumb Comic Creators Podcast. That doesn't change the fact we still need a catchphrase. Right, but you should start the show with the name of the show, don't you think? I think we should. All right. Welcome to Dumb Comic Creators. We need a catchphrase. Oh, see? Smart. I wanted to say it. He said it. Okay, so go ahead. So... Uh, what we have in store for you today is... I'm, no, I thought you were going to say your name. Oh, I'm Eric Schwartz. And I'm Keegan Shiner. And what we have in store for you today is we each independently have started to review uh, different comics. Yep. And so uh, I'm cheating technically because mine sent you a manga. So it lacks certain things. Alert, for example. And it goes kind of... But different. that's not fair because I read a whole graphic novel and it has no color. Okay, well, my, my whole graphic novel that I read, The Rich First Value, doesn't have color either. So, I so, guess, be, I guess comics don't need to have color. Uh, Walking Dead, for example, no color. If you want to sell out and mention that comic book, sure. Hey, I was there, I was with The Walking Dead before it got cool. Oh, what a hipster. Yep. A comic book hipster. Who yeah, it. you know how hipster I am? You know, I only read comics that are paper. I refuse to read digital stuff. Really? No, not true at all. I started reading more comics than I at all. But I used to be like that. Didn't I get you a digital comic book subscription? <laughs> That's what I've been using. So I was more offended that you returned my gift than... Oh, no, I use it all the time. Oh, good. Okay. Well, ironically, I've been switching more to paper comic books. Um, so... Certain comics are easier to get while with paper. They're just more expensive to or like they just more expensive to be on the paper. Case so. in point, I read all four or five Dead, Walking Dead omnibuses digitally on my cell phone, and now I can't see and I need glasses. So <laughs> uh, I am currently reading uh, the Drops of God. Uh, digitally on my computer and on uh, my cell phone. The reason why um, I want to actually buy this physical copy, but the first volume cost $56. Whereas if I were to just use the gift from Keegan, it's free. And what gift is that? That's a gift of Comixology. It is, um, he gave me the gift of a year long subscription of rentals. Which we're not getting paid by this, just for you know, we're just a fan. Yeah, we're not. We're, yeah, we're not getting paid for this plug, but it's a it's a worthwhile subscription for you. Yeah. So, for example, like I want to at this, I want to read um, Old Boy, the Korean comic, and again, that was like around like thirty dollars for the first issue, and it's hard to get. I'd have to go to um, some obscure websites, which I don't trust one hundred percent either. There can be viruses on those files. Viruses. Well, for example, uh, the last, the next volume of books I bought was a book called uh, Spy X Family. And I bought it from a website called Write Stuff. And if I had ordered it through Amazon, it would have probably been here about two weeks ago. But I ordered it through them and it's taking forever. Yeah, you never know when it will show up. I see. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So Comixology, and it was like a ninety dollar 
gifts card that I got for Eric for um, his birthday, I think. And then, and it, yeah, it came through. And, yeah. and it, it's a it's a good subscription to have to like read lots of different comics. It and doesn't it doesn't have like all the greatest comics on there, right? Yeah, but it's got a it has a bigger than like the average person's library they have in their home or whatever. It's convenience that like I can just I instead of reading a book at night, I just put my laptop on my stomach chest area and just go through it. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yep. That's what you got to do. So this week, we're talking about my comic creation uh, process, right? Yes. And last week, we talked about your first comic script. Have you made any progress on it? I have not. Okay. Uh, so you have homework for next week. I have homework for next week. And the reason I tell you the reason why is I, for the first time uh, ever, I'm for my side gig of, you know, earning money so I can eat as an accountant, <laughs> I would go into the office and that's been an experience. So I've just been dealing with that because I don't want to take public transportation due to COVID. So I've been walking to and from work each day. And so wow. I've been getting up super early. How, how far is that? It's a 3.5 mile walk. Oh, you got to uh, get a way. bike, man. You got to get a bike. Yeah, but as soon as COVID's gone, I'll be like, why can't I take this bike? Just leave it something, on the ground. Somebody will take with a bike. Somebody will steal a bike. Like, this will, bike is mine now. Somebody will take a bike. If you just leave a bike out on the sidewalk, they'll take it. Yeah, but it's a waste of money at that point. I couldn't do that. Yeah, but it is better than walking six miles a day. Yeah, I live. Or That's I won't, true. I you may live. <laughs> yeah, may. Big thing. You'll certainly live more than if you took public transit. Yeah, so I'm not taking public transit right now. So when the vaccine comes out and we're all, you know, not dead, that's when we say we go for it. Okay. Well, so you had a lifestyle change. Your schedule is thrown off. You haven't had time to write. That makes sense. That happens. My plan is to write tomorrow uh, because I will actually have time and I'm forced to get up nice and early because I've been grocery shopping because uh, I'm sure some of you guys noticed there's a feline that you guys can't see but let me show you right quickly there is a cat that uh there you go hangs out behind uh, me yes, all the time and he is starting to get hungry because his cat was starting to run low so if you're I'd listening go- to this Eric has just picked up his laptop and pointed it at the cat yeah uh, and he has didn't his, have give his permission to be on camera, by the way. Whatever, I own him. That's right. I believe in ownership. pets. they're not free. Okay, so this. I'm week, sorry, PC police, but I own that cat. Let me just transition to <laughs> something that we wanted to talk about today, and that is uh, how I've been making my first comic, which is called the Nefarious Mr. Green. So. Uh, the Nefarious Mr. Green started as a screenplay that I wrote about 10 years ago with my friend Alex and we were in college at the time and it was basically a uh, like an hour 20 minute long movie you know script enormous budget 
like we destroy whole cities in the script. Uh, it was not a character piece. It was basically uh, a lunatic would pitch this to studios and expect it to be their first film. So, but it was a, it was a fun story, you know? And uh, not having any money when we first wrote the script, um, turning it into a comic book was not really an option. Uh, but hey, it's been 10 years and I have a full-time job. So this seems like something I can actually try. Um, so that's where I started with this. I'd ride my head yes for those that can't uh, see. We were um, hoping that you'd co-host and not just listen. I'm listening and absorbing. If we, had I am, a, if we had a catchphrase, I feel like we would have <laughs> the catchphrase like, we, something to remember when we do this. Maybe that's what a catchphrase is for. It's like a mission statement, like always listening to what we say, done okay, comic creators. I think the other catchphrase would be, Eric, speak up, you stupid, you stupid SOB. <laughs> okay, so where did I start with uh, Nefari's Mr. Green? And I was thinking about turning it into a comic book. I started it on... Did Alex give you permission to use his work? Uh, no, not really, but he's not mad about this. So, and we, okay. we're co-creators, so co it was also my work. Okay. Where did the inspiration for this come from? Uh, it was sort of a response to um, superhero comics, which are always about the heroes and... I know this sounds like it's been done a million times now uh, because it's 2020 and literally we're living in a satire. But at the time in 2008 or yes. 08, um, like there weren't a lot of super villain <laughs> content. Yeah, there's too many of those super villains in movies anymore. They should get on that. Yeah, so now it's a very popular thing, but when it was first written, it wasn't as, as big a deal. Uh, but now you have the boys, you have Joker, and you have, uh, yeah, you have lots and lots and lots, like Watchmen, for example, so, sort of. People always bring up Watchmen, but. Um, so yeah, it was, and it, you know, and the inspiration is kind of like an Austin Powers type of goofy comic and keeping it a little bit lighthearted even though it's like evil stuff that they're doing, you know, like the old 1960s Batman Joker, you know, where he gets away with it, but it, maybe it's dumb stuff that they're getting away with, you know, or, or nobody so, really gets hurt. Let me, so how was the actual process of taking a movie script and moving into a PowerPoint? Because Clearly like, clearly, like in movies, you might have been like where they have the panels and they do that as well. Was it similar to that? No. So a movie script has no panels at all. And it, oh, okay. it's, uh, so that was a big shock going from um, screenplay to comic book script. And I think those, the actual scripts like tripled in size. Um, because really what you're doing with a comic book script is writing out shot by shot what every single frame is gonna look like. And, you know, like some things are condensed, um, but it, it reminded me a lot of like directing a film 
and you take a script and you basically write out what each camera angle is going to be for each line of the script. So they even have people storyboard their screenplays sometimes, right? Which is similar to a comic book script, except there's no lettering and there's no color usually. Um, and, and the format's different. Um, you'll have like four storyboard panels and then underneath is like a description of what the camera is doing. So not, not, a, not a comic book, but it reminds you of, it re reminded me very much of, of that converting it to a screen from a screenplay to a comic book. Um, but what I didn't realize converting it was like how each little thing in the script has to be drawn. So there were a lot of moments in my comic book script where I was still, you know, saying uh, villain punches and kicks this person. And there's no way to put a punch and a kick in the same panel. <laughs> without them kind of like floating in there with midair with a, you know, a hand and a leg. Maybe that's the most super kung fu in the, thing in the world, you know, punch and kick at the same time. Right. So once I did start working with the artist, uh, there were a lot of pages that were like expanded into two pages because what was in my comic book script was just not able to be drawn the way it was described, you know. And I, so that's something I learned along the way. And that's something, if you're going from a screenplay to a comic book script, you're going to have to like figure it out as you go a little bit, you know? So uh, yeah, so that's kind of where, so yeah, the first thing I did was I converted it to a screenplay, from screenplay to comic book script. Um, and I did this after reading on Reddit that comic book artists hate anything but comic book scripts. So if you have a story, a prose narrative, or you have a screenplay and you want to make it a comic book, it'll cost you probably triple on a page rate if you just want to give that to a, a comic book artist. And also some comic book artists have no idea where to start with just a non-comic book script. Because maybe storytelling isn't their thing or like they don't have the time to figure something like that out. So it's kind of on you to do that, you know. Uh, speaking of working with an uh, illustrator, you are not an illustrator. I could say that without insulting you, I hope. Yes. Um, how was that process? Because, like, were you talking to them daily while doing it, or were you just kind of, like, emailing them, like, hey, this is what I kind of had in mind, and they went from there? So the first thing I did, the first thing you have to do after you have a comic book script is – find an artist, you know? And I think that there's like sort of a magic to that because your, your script has its own personality, right? Your script might be funny, it might be a horror, it might be a Western. It could be kind of a combination of, of two of those, you know? Um, and you, you need to find an artist that can capture that personality or that matches that personality. So um, maybe the first thing I did was I asked a few different artists to draw the first two pages of my script. And the results were kind of hilarious. Uh, let me let me share this with you because. Um, did you pay them for the two pages or was it like a test run? 
I no, I I so I went on Fiverr.com and I looked at different comic book artists. I was also on Reddit.com looking at comic book artists. I was also on a site called digitalwebbing.com, which is a comic book forum. Um, and another great site is on Facebook. It's connecting comic writers with artists. And there's a lot of people on there doing that. Um, but, but where I started was Fiverr.com. I felt safer using a platform that handled the payments for me. And especially just kind of like dipping my toes into the pool, so to speak. Uh, it, it felt like a better way for me to get into it. Okay, so the first artist I worked with made this page. Um, so yeah, this style was basically very flat, sort of like cell shading. And uh, in, the, in the first page, the characters are supposed to be older gentlemen. These guys look pretty young, you know. Um, I did like my my first page in the script had like a billion panels, like way more panels than is normal for a comic book, um, which, you know, like the Marvel or DC, most of those pages are like six panels a page on average. So my first page had like 12 panels. It was ridiculous. Uh, another thing I learned through this process, but uh, this guy took a crack at it and he, he did a pretty good job. Um, capturing the, the movements and, but I wasn't happy with the character designs. And overall, I mean, part of this was my script, you know, but overall I wasn't happy with kind of like the pacing of this page. And it's hard to figure out where your eye's supposed to go as you're looking at it. Yeah, what do you think of this? I my hand is draw or my eye is drawn to that weird black hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, and that, and that's uh, that's the I, shadow created by this flashlight. And, and I would not have, I did not even see a flashlight. He pointed out to me. Like, I would not have seen that. Yeah, so there's there's some issues here. Yeah, um, um, like the top left picture of the car, I thought was the best part of it, and that was not a major bit artist. Picture. Yeah, he really nailed that van. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And um, so the next person I got to draw this, he charged um, about the same price actually at the time. I think his his prices have doubled. Um, and he's he's a very talented artist. Let me show you this. And he pointed out that my first page had too many panels, um, which was okay <laughs> to point out. You know. You should let someone know that. Uh, so this is the same page, the same two characters. Uh, he's taken the crazy number of panels on my first page and done something really unique, dynamic, uh, where he's kind of like made that. Uh, you clearly know where your eye is supposed to go. The characters are both older guys, and they're they're yelling at each other. Um, and it it's. Uh, yeah, I really liked this page, like a, a like a lot, a lot, you know. And I, I, I do still kind of wish that I could work with this artist. Basically, maybe not yeah. on this project because I'm happy with where I am now. But 
maybe in the future I'll I'll come up with something and we'll collaborate. Yeah, I mean the art here is it's really really good. I even like the two black just pages of pure black. I thought it was just done fantastically. Like just makes it look really well done. Like uh, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, and that's in the script. That's he's like lit lit a match in one of those panels, and then it's black again. But you you understand that it's you know supposed to be pitch black. Yeah, the way that he's drawn it. So you, and you got that. And uh, yeah, and I, I liked how dynamic the panels were too, like with his arm kind of popping out, you know. Um, so yeah, this was artist number two. The problem with artist number two was that he was not available. <laughs> and I waited quite a while. I think I waited like a month or three weeks or so and heard nothing back. And I was kind of like, and then I kind of like gave up and I started looking for other artists. Um, maybe like two or three weeks after I started working with the artist I'm, I'm on, he messaged me and was like, hey, and in like another two weeks, I'll be available to work on your comic. And I was like, uh, sorry, it's been too long, you know. Unfortunately. It's two months of that almost. It's kind of long. Yeah, it's a long time, but these guys are, are busy on projects, you know. Yeah. Um, but this came down to communication. It didn't work because it, was a, it wasn't gonna work based on communication. Um, this artist is insane. And I'll put a link to his profile in the show notes. Um, okay, so that is artist number two. So from there, I started looking on those other sites, Reddit and Facebook. Um, but I do think that I worked with another artist on here. Okay, so artist number three, and I switched pages. I switched to page 12 and 13, maybe, in the script. Um, so this page has my main character, Mr. Green, who's, you know, described sort of as a Bill Murray type of individual, kind of an older guy, crazy hair, still kind of professional looking. And then my two characters from page one that you've already seen were supposed to be older guys, you know, um, Razor and Larry, right? And so Razor and Larry, this is kind of like them facing my main character. And uh, so this guy had like two weeks or a long time to work on these pages. Um, and it said on his profile that he had like a master's degree in illustration. And so I was very hopeful that this would look good. Uh, but I'm just not thrilled with how this page came out. And so was this the uh, illustrator you ultimately kept or did you deal with someone else? Oh, no, no. I, I, I insult, accidentally insulted this guy. Um, no, I, can you spot what's wrong with this page? So uh, for those of you listening, what's wrong with this page is the proportions of almost everything on this page are bad. Uh, we have Mr. Green standing on panel one. You'll see that Larry and, and Razor are like three times the size of these other people in the room. Um, also, it looks like he goes from wearing his shirt uh, Larry and Razor, or whichever one is which, yeah. goes from wearing a shirt to not wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Panel to panel. 
And I, I love this panel where like the laser is like massive on like the proportion of this and his arm is just tiny. Yeah, his body, like one guy's character's entire body looks like to be that of a hand, like yeah. and a head and neck. There's nothing else. His arm has like basically dis- deformed him by throwing this this knife. I thought that was on his belt. Those three knives. I thought you said like these, giant these knives belt. are on the on the belt, but this one is flying through the air. Uh, so. I would not have gotten that. It looks like a lightsaber too. Yeah, um, the, I like this panel where where the laser is reflecting off, and he's like catching the the knife with a magnet. That's good. Um, but yeah, and then these faces really look like like turtles to me. I don't know; they just don't look human. I, I wasn't thrilled with how the faces yeah, were drawn. This is not the best artwork in the world. I'm not gonna lie. So this is the second page. Uh, for some reason, yeah, maybe it's the script, but like this, this didn't read very well. I, I mean, Cheeks and Chong vibes from these art from this artist. Like not like that. Like I thought he was high, but like the guys look like Cheeks and Chong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're supposed to be old men, like old decrepit men. And um They're definitely not. No, they're not. They look like typical heroes, basically. And then uh the angles that he's chosen here for these like this very dramatic scene. He's like taking the lazy way out, basically. He's not drawing any backgrounds on these three panels. Uh, for some reason, Larry is like really far away from Razor in this panel, and then in the next one, he's like, he's like drawn a. Vi- I mean, is Mister Green like two times smaller than them? I don't know. The perspectives are really bad in these, in this pan. Yeah, in these panels, basically. I can see that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. You made the right choice by not sticking with this person. Yeah, so it's very important to like really think about who you're partnering with, and it's going to be a long project. And uh, asking for more than one revision on a page is probably a bad sign, you know, that maybe you're not working with the right person. Because to fix these pages, in my mind, it would have been like five or six notes per page at least you know so it was clearly not going to work with this guy you know um unfortunately unfortunately because he was he was nice until until i saw his art so um another thing i was doing just to see what these would look like is i was having somebody color the pages so just to show you this is what the uh, color for that second artist looked like. And I think this this might have just been flat color or or something, just for very little color. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the coloring scheme actually looks really well done. Um, It's kind of reminiscent of Halo, like the original Halo, in that there's great big things of red and blue, and it's really that, or Quake 3, if you are remember back in those times where it was more simplistic but the colors said this is this team this is this team yeah 
So if you're not going to color your comic, if you're not going to draw your comic, these are good steps to take before you embark on a whole comic, you know, just to think about what the final product might look like, you know, before you have, before you're like two grand in the hole or, or more and like not really liking how it's going, you know? So again, that, that artist just wasn't available, unfortunately. Um, uh, so then I was frustrated and I was still looking for comic book artists, but I, and I just wanted to be kind of silly. And, um, and I asked a sci-fi concept artist to kind of make concept art of my comic book scenes, you know? Um, and that was kind of cool because it was the first time I'd really seen my world come to life. So this is like the underground city where my supervillain rules pandemonium city and this is like his mansion and she's just kind of made different sites you know for those again who are listening and not watching um think metropolis the german film where you have like big black and whites like not futuristic but borderline futuristic but very old school looking buildings um those are probably the top three panels and then the Bottom right panel is that of a Wayne Tower, but at an angle, they've yeah. got the Costco Hall, and you have some other just great looking images. And, a little bit of color too. And the color looks really well too. The color um, still gives it a noir feel, but actually adds a little bit of color. Okay, so so you've seen three artists that I've tried, you know, and so finally, I gave up on Fiverr artists, not consciously, but I was already exploring Reddit and digital webbing a lot more. And so I put out like a little description, you know, of my project and, and then artists just emailed me their portfolios. And I kind of went through those until I found somebody that, again, I thought the personality of his art matched my story's personality as like a satirical comic book villain script. And so I'll share this. This is uh, a colored page from, and this is page one again. And, and this is the illustrator you ultimately ended up going with? Ultimately went with, yeah. And this is colors by Cassie uh, Again, so uh, again, check the site for links for this illustrator's other works. It'll be there, and uh, again, oh, this is a yeah. This is what's also interesting about this one is there's less panels in this one than there were in all the previous ones. Yes. So the first thing that Luis said was, "You have too many panels on page one, and it needs to be split into two pages." I said, great, let's do it. Because that was the first time somebody had told me something about my scripts that wasn't working, you know, and made me feel comfortable that they knew what they were doing. So what else do you see? Um, I see uh, just things just went down. You see 
concise people that are old as you requested. Um, the blackness makes sense. I actually understand that the person's striking a match for the first time. That's why I can't see them. Um, it doesn't seem overly busy. And I can see this being more, the artists are drawn to a way that it's more equivalent to that of a comic book thing, or comedy more than like serious. Uh, think One Punch Man, where they go super simple to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and to me it was almost Adult Swim type of uh, comic, you know? This is page... Oh no, this isn't page. This is page two. So the door closes. There will be letters here. The door closes and they sneak down this alley. Yeah. Ultimately, looks really, really well done. Yeah, it's different though, right? Than comic artist number two, who um, drew a more realistic and exaggerated style, still comedic. Um, but this one has elements of exaggeration too. It's just in a different style, you know. I know. Okay. I see. Okay, so then once I found an artist that I liked, um, I asked him about page rates. We negotiated a good rate. And I decided I couldn't pay for color uh, with my current budget. Um, and I couldn't pay for shading. And, I, and so I just kind of went with, let's do the line art. I'll figure out coloring later, you know. Are you willing to share like, how much it costs? or No, I, I, you know, that's a private matter. I don't want to put, like, put him on the spot. I didn't know if he probably, like... Uh, put that out there or not so some artists put their page rates out um public fiverr.com for example would yes. have that well and fiverr artists have a certain amount of time that they're going to spend on your page in mind you know depending on what page rate you buy so there's different levels on fiverr if you're working with somebody one-on-one -on -one, it's going to be based on your project and Based on my projects, it, it's a more simple style, um, and it's a project that he wanted to work on. He actually had a similar satirical take on superheroes kind of book that he'd already made that he sent me as like a, hey, this is, I can do your thing because I'm, I've worked in the same language as you in terms of comedic superhero satire so uh in that way it felt like a, a natural partnership you know um but if you're if you're so if you negotiate with an artist and they like your project and you say i don't have much of a budget um but i'm i'd like to think of this more as a collaboration and i'm still paying you and everything then they might work with you for less and they might work with you because they like your project and they want to get another book out into the world. Um, or they, you know, or maybe you're just kind of padding their workload where they don't have to worry so much about making ends meet on slow weeks, you know? 
uh, they can work on your project and you pay consistently and you're a good good person to work with. You know? uh, just this note out there, no artist likes to get paid with quote unquote exposure. They like money. Across all industries, they like money. Yes. Yeah. Nobody likes to get paid by exposure. You don't go up to a chef and say, hey, you cater my wedding. I'll give you exposure about how great my food is. They'll be like, no, you can pay me in cash and you get my work, you get my food and work. Right. And when I approached this project, I never thought of not paying the artist. Um, but you see posts like that all the time on Reddit and Facebook um, for people looking for artists to work for free. It's not uncommon. Um, I, I'll say this, like, if you want somebody to work for free, don't make it a long project because nobody is going to stick with it and you'll get frustrated and they'll quit. Um, but there are some artists that have no portfolio and maybe are just getting into comics and they might be the perfect person to collaborate with. Uh, but yeah, realize that, that that page that took you an hour or two hours to write or maybe 20 minutes to write could take an artist four to eight hours to finish. And they're spending way more time on your project than you are. If you can't draw, if you can draw this, this podcast is not for you. <laughs> this is for people who can't draw and want to make comics right now. Yeah. If you can draw, hopefully you have a creative enough mind to have your own work and you're looking at us and laughing and you're like, ha ha ha. I've already had a step up on you. In which case, Best of luck. We hope to read your comics in the future, and we hopefully are enjoying them by time, this time next 10 episodes. Absolutely. Hey, if uh, and if you can draw and can't write, then um, just flip this around, and, and you're working with writers and not artists, and pretty much everything we've said so far still applies. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where my book is. So, where my book is right now is my artist has finished the line art for this book and it took about uh, seven months to get uh, 37 pages or so. Um, and now it needs to be colored. And I've been working with a colorist on that. Let's see, here's where I've run into some trouble. I've worked with a colorist and she's my friend outside of this project. And so payment has been a little bit miscommunicated, I think. Um, and so there's no deadline and that's, you know, that's my fault really. Um, but hopefully to be resolved soon and I've not put any pressure on the situation, you know, and she's clearly, she's colored a, a couple pages already. Um, Do you like the pages she's colored? Yeah, and I'm and I want to pay her, so I, I just need to like make sure she knows she's getting paid, and see if we can kind of figure out a timeline that will work for both of us. Yeah, because if if this project is always on her back burner and it's never going to end, if I work with her, then it's still not going to work as a collaboration. You know, at that point you'd want to not waste her time and yours and switch to a different uh, person to color it in. Right. 
and it's so crazy in the world right now. I don't know like what is what could be the delay. You know, everyone's having a hard time figuring out their schedule right now. So, uh, and these are long-term projects too. So it's not worth getting really flustered about time with comic books because it's just going to take a while. It's like a film in Hollywood takes over two years to make from start to finish. So if you're making a comic book, chances are it's going to take about that. You know, they're just not quick things to turn around. Makes sense. All right. Um, should we go in a segue to the next section? Yeah, let's segue. All right, let's segue. Um, we each independently read different comics between okay. these weeks. I read a manga called The Drops of God. Um, it the is Drops of God? The Drops of God. Okay. It is a manga about a person who in order to get the inheritance from his father, he has to identify uh, 13 wines only by taste, uh, color, and the way any wine expert identifies wine, you know, looking at it and seeing it. Swilling it around and spitting swirling it. it. around and spitting it, yep, exactly all that. Um, and so... So this comic is about wine tasting. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. You are 100% correct. It is about wine tasting. I am enjoying it actually. Um, it follows a character named uh, Kanataka Shizuku. He used to be working in the beer industry, but uh, after trying a single cup of wine he liked so much, he switched to it. Um, he had avoided it previously because his dad was considered to be the foremost wine expert in all of Japan, and he didn't want to live in his shadow. And so for the first time ever, he tried wine, even though his dad was the number one wine connoisseur, uh, because he was that big a fan. And so he was trying to fix it and just not live in the shadow, but he tries and he's just loves it so much. Cool. Uh, cool. It, it was, okay, so it was created and written by Tadashi Aki, which is a pseudonym employed by a sister and brother, Yuko and Shin Tabashi. Oh. who they both wrote and illustrated it. Okay. And is there color? There is not color. Um, and do uh, how do the letters? They did both letters and color, but because it was written in Japanese... Letter, letters and line art, right? Yeah, yeah letters and line art. Okay. Uh, because it was written in Japanese, it was not translated by them. So for the most part, it's similar, but not the same. Uh, problem okay. with manga and comics... There's a big difference in that manga usually comes out once a week, whereas a comic, uh, usually like by DC and and Marvel, are once a month. Uh, they're also different size lengths, and they also have just colors, not color. Okay, so this one's once a week? This one's once a week. And it's on Comixology, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um, so what about the art do you like and what don't you like? Um, the art is fairly simplistic, which I liked, um, except for whenever he tastes wine. So there's a very good um, just comparison. So the first time he tries wine, he's taken to a Queen concert. 
and they show literally uh, Freddie Mercury dancing while like, wine is pictured all around them. So, like, is it, is it drawn or are there pictures, like photographs? It is drawn. Oh, cool. Um, and I, the only reason I knew it was Freddie Mercury is because they said it was Freddie Mercury. So I suspected it was him, but I wasn't sure. And so it goes from simplistic, like almost no background to an overly like overdrawn, like you're overloaded with senses background whenever you tried wine. So there's a very good like yin and yang to this art. Oh, that's cool. And what about, so there's no color, there's the letters, are the letters done like the traditional letters, manga or are they, um, is there any style to them? There is not any style to them. Um, a lot of times, uh, most manga does not have style to them. Uh, certain ones will do for specific reasons. Again, I... Well, believe, let me ask, are they hand-drawn or computer? These would probably be hand-drawn, but they should have been... These appear to be hand-drawn, okay. but a lot of times they are can be done by the computer as well. It depends on who publishes them and how. These appear to be hand-drawn. Okay, that's worth noting. Uh, so what about the je ne sais quoi? Did I say that right? Je ne sais quoi? That certain I don't know what? Yeah, I don't know about this. Um, it's a good story. It takes a while to get in there. What keeps so, like, you what keeps you interested? They describe so the only I am not a wine drinker. Um, as Keegan probably knows, I don't drink wine that much. The most I have ever learned about wine was in the five minutes they spent it in in the movie Sideways. <laughs> um, when I wanted I was reading something about like getting to know wine better, every single person said just read this comic and it does a lot a good job so i've read it and it kind of gives me like this feeling that like i'm drawn to it because i feel like i'm actually learning something while being cool. entertained so it's so doing it's, a good job it's didactic mm -hmm. uh what is the um is it autobiographical i do not believe so okay i, so I believe that like it's about two people who knew how to write and one who knew how to draw and they both love wine so they decided to do it that way Oh, cool. Okay. And so overall, uh, on a scale from uh, tiny pixies uh, making, making s'mores to uh, little children burning, uh, burning Bibles over a flame, what do you give this comic? I give this a unicorn tap dancing with clogs. So it's pretty, but can sometimes get too much. <laughs> All right, I, I understood that. I understood that. Uh, so uh, let me let's segue again to the book I read, which is um, "Today is the Last Day of the Rest of Your Life." Have you ever read this one? I have not read this one, and it's by Uli Lust, um, who both, both illustrated and wrote the comic. And it's about her um, 1984 road trip. Well, not road trip, but like hitchhike. She hitchhiked across um, from Austria to Italy uh, with her friend. And so it's kind of like, and she was in the punk scene at the time. Um, 
and they did it illegally across the border. So it's about two girls hitchhiking across Italy with no money. And, um, and it gets pretty, it's autobiographical. I mean, that's going to be my next question. You kind of, not let me ask questions because I'm kind of, every time I'm about to ask whether you answer it. Well, I just wanted to jump in, I guess. Yeah, you're good. Um, so is there any like sense of danger? Like you ever feel like, oh my God, I feel so bad. I, I'm so scared for these people. Or is it more of like just a slice of life? Like this is just what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. So I think, I think as, uh, you know, I'm past 30, I think knowing the dangers of hitchhiking is a, you know, I don't think they were 18. I think they were 17, 16 at the time. Um, so I know the danger. I think there's a lot of like awareness of the danger. And I, I know she wrote this later on in life uh, based on her journals. So um, yeah, she's like 40 something when she wrote this. So, uh, so I, I think the danger is there. And definitely later in the book, uh, there's some um, rape scenes and yeah, there's a lot of content about sexual aggression of men and, and like expectations of Italian men and everything. Um, so yeah, there's some scary parts for sure. Uh, so was this written originally in Italian and then translated to English or? You know, I think it might have been, let's see. Okay, so it was originally written in German and translated to English. Uh, so is the writing done by computer or is it handwritten? Uh, the right lettering is handwritten and it was done by um, Paul Barish, Dave Lasky, and Emery Lou. Uh, the book design was Uli and the cover was Uli and Kai Pfeiffer. So, which I'm guessing so, might have done the graphic design on the back. Okay. Um, so the five just them just traveling around on the bunk scene. Is there anything more to that? I mean, again, my plot is guy likes wine. So. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's quite a bit of. Um, it's sort of a teenager awakening type of story where she's left her parents uh, without them knowing where she went. And sh she starts in the punk scene in um, Germany or, or in Austria, or Vienna, I guess. And, um, and she kind of just decides one day to go to Italy with her friend. Uh, and her friend also like takes her to make money at a, at a, Poorhouse, like just to make money for the night, even though without sleeping with men, they can just make money there. So there's like this like tip off that there's going to be some like sexual situations in this book right at the beginning. Um, when there is, and for the most part, it's about her like exploring Italy and but then at a certain point, she kind of loses her friends. And then she's just a single girl, like, in Sicily. And that's kind of where it takes a downturn. And she's, like, um, attacked. And 
uh, and those scenes are handled pretty well. Like, um, and like the pages are just really outstanding the way that she handles that. Like the man turns into a beast who like won't stop attacking her like a dog basically. Um, and yeah, so, so the story is kind of like a, how she got into Italy and then when she lost her friends and then when she found her friends again. Um, and then kind of like how she deals with her friends, uh, Edie, kind of like deciding to stay in Italy and, and just being a bad person overall, you know, or bad friends. Um, and how she gets back to Vienna. In, in the end, she gets back and she moves on with her life, I think, was kind of the ending. Um, but, and there's like journal entries in the book and there's a where they are now section at the end. And I think it's, you know, it was a really interesting read. It's like a 450 something page book. So there's a lot of content. And it read, you know, when they say graphic novel, this is like the definition. It it reads like a novel. It took several days to finish. So, yeah. And so art, art-wise, the book is drawn. There's a lot, lots of panels on each page. Um, she's drawn every page. So the lettering is very expressive and kind of so like gets the emotional. Yeah, it gets the emotions of the characters out really well. And like the, and the boxes that the letters come in are never in like one shape or size. Um, they're clearly hand drawn and everything. So, so yeah, that really helps tell the story a lot. And there's, you know, and there's like a translation problem. You know, she doesn't always understand all the languages being spoken because she's in a different country. So I thought that was really interesting too. Uh, all right, so the Juno say quoi. Do I ever need to be here? Go ahead and say it. Go ahead. What, so about the Juno say quoi, did I say it correctly? Or do you want to say it again? Did you say it correctly? Juno say quoi? Yeah, I did how, say how it. How do you say it? How do you say it? I know how to type it. Juno say quoi. Juno say quoi. Je. 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 Ne. Say. Say. Quoi. Quoi. Juno say quoi. Juno say quoi. Okay. That certain, I don't know what. Oui, bonjour. Je ne sais quoi. Okay, so uh, yeah, what kept me going was the uh, the fact that it was autobiographical and just a really detailed and fascinating story of a young girl kind of with like a lot of courage. And so, so yeah, that's what I really liked about it. Sounds like a good thing. Uh, so on a scale of little elves eating eating wood and pooping out chocolate for us to um, for us to feast upon to baby fairies getting their wings torn off and then tossed into a frying pan, how would you rate this? I would give this uh, magical elves um, ziplining through a forest made of um, Milky Way candy bars 
knocking the candy bars to the ground so that we can eat them like fruit. I get, I understand what you're saying with that. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, I get that. Maybe a couple of candy bars are dented and not so good, but but mostly it was great. Yeah. Some might be overripe, like some might be underripe, but mostly it's good. Yeah, mostly it's it's a situation you want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. So this has been our podcast. Uh, we still need a catchphrase. We do. And yep. We, we didn't discuss this, but you were supposed to go home and get one. I was, and I couldn't come up with one. It was too hard. Okay. So okay. Uh, if you want to contact us, we are at dumbcomiccreators.com. And you can email us at dumbcomiccreators at gmail.com. If you have any comics that you want us to review or read over, please include there. Yeah, send us an email and we'd be happy to take a look. And if you have any questions about making comics or where to start, we're all ears. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, looking forward to it. So Eric, you're going to go make a comic script next for next week. You will have, you had the introduction of a person who was brand new to comic book creating a couple episodes ago. And hopefully this episode I'll have a working script that when we say edit, it actually means not this is how you do a comic, just <laughs> this is what you need to do to make it a good, really good comic. Great. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.